0: A degree in English is the last thing you need. The first thing you need to know is how to manage a classroom full of students. You are not hired to teach third grade, coach football, or teach English. You are hired to take a group of students and turn them into interested and productive learners in a well-managed classroom. That quote comes from Harry Wong inside of his book First Days of School, and it ties in perfectly with what we're talking about today. In this podcast, I am telling you things that you can do in the middle of the year to ensure that your classroom management plan is solid for these last couple weeks of school and then once you return to school. Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. December 1st, teachers. Welcome to episode number 88 of Simply Teach. We are in the home stretch of the holiday or winter break, so I know things are getting a bit crazier than they already are in your classroom as we approach the end of the semester. I am in full-on Christmas mode over here. This is our last holiday season abroad, and I won't lie, it's been really hard trying to balance enjoying every moment but also mourning the thought of leaving i'm from texas so winters there typically look like a cool 57 with the sun shining at like its coldest point right and as much as i don't like being cold i have really grown to truly love winter and the snow and the beauty that comes with shorter days and warm huga nights like it's my happy place right now and i know that it's not likely that i'll ever live in a cold place again maybe, but I don't know. So I'm just trying to enjoy every moment of this last holiday season abroad that it has to offer. So I hope you two are enjoying this holiday season and prepping for a break coming up in a couple of weeks. And since we are just a couple of weeks away from your break in the States, I want to help you manage your class these last couple of weeks. I'm going to share some things today that you can do to improve your classroom management. These tips come from a full list that I have on my website, the nine classroom management tips freebie. It's just a free download you can get on my website at thesimplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash cmtips. Just head there, you'll sign up and um, it'll send you an email. You can download the free resource and it'll, it'll come straight to your inbox and it shares nine different management tips as well as additional resources on the topic of classroom management that are going to help you improve your management in your class. How many times can I say management in this episode? Next week, though, the Organize Teacher Framework is opening up for enrollment. If your classroom is feeling overwhelming, disorganized, or cluttered, then you'll want to make sure that you check out the course. Inside of the framework, I teach you how to create time management plans for yourself and your students so that you can minimize the amount of time that you're spending at school. We go over even more in depth on classroom management and how it relates to organization because they do go together. I teach you strategies for organizing your classroom at the beginning of the year or for those of you in the middle of the year, how to get your classroom reorganized plus ways to keep it organized the rest of the year. All that information can be found at OrganizedTeacherFramework.com or just head to my website. Plus, if you join next week when it opens up, I'm going to be including five additional lessons for free from the Mid-Year Classroom Tune-Up course. So there's going to be some additional lessons for specifically for this time of year. But more about the course later on. And I'm working on an episode to tell you more about the course. So be on the lookout for that. But for now, let's talk about classroom management tips that you can use in the middle of the year. Also, I do have... I. I have a few, but I should say more than a few blogs and podcasts all on this topic of classroom management. So stick around till the end because I'm going to share all of those resources with you. So that way you know where to go to get all the help for classroom management. All right, let's dig in. So just like I talk about classroom organization being more than just a pretty classroom, it's your systems, your routines, all that stuff blended together. Classroom management is more than just behavior management. I I think we tend to think of classroom management as how how am I going to manage my students? How am I going to keep them behaving? And what consequences am I going to give to them if they misbehave? That is a component of classroom management, but that's not all classroom management is. Classroom management is your systems and your routines and all these things that come in to how your classroom works so that your classroom works seamlessly and smoothly. Like I mentioned, I've got a free resource uh, that has all of these tips. I'm going to run over them really quick, the nine tips inside of this freebie. Today, we're only going to talk about three because I could talk about these all day long. And, you know, I don't want you listening to this podcast for an hour. So on that free resource, you can get it on my website. I talk about how to use a daily helper and team captain. All of these are related around classroom management and making your class run better. So daily helper and team captain, the importance of brain breaks, why classroom organization is important to management, how to use champs to outline your expectations for your kids whenever they're working, the four types of behavior management plans that you need, how important it is to be explicit in your teaching, what you can do to have a plan for dealing with difficult behaviors, attention getters that you can use, and then the importance of consistency Y'all consistency is key to management. But like I said, I could talk about those things for days. We're just going to talk about three of them in this episode. We're going to talk about champs. We're going to talk about organization and management going together. And we're going to talk about how to be explicit in the expectations that you're setting. So let's start out with talking about champs to outline expectations for each lesson. So kids, they crave boundaries and they need them. They need to know what is expected of them. Sometimes I see teachers who are more focused on wanting to be their friend or wanting to be the cool, fun teacher. And those things are good. Those things are important. That relationship aspect is really important to your kids feeling safe and welcomed in your class. But also what goes hand in hand with that is that they need boundaries. They need to know how far they can go and what they can get away with. And that is why giving them expectations, clear expectations with a framework like Champs is so helpful. Now, I know that Champs is like, when I was introduced to it my first year of teaching, I think they talked about it in some training I was in, and then I was handed like a two or 300-page book about it. So there's a lot of information about Champs. I'm going to tell you what I know because I never read the book. I basically just got this from teachers that I was, you know, watching or trainings that I was going to. But Champs is basically just a management framework that tells students what the expectations are during the lesson or the independent work time or group time or whatever, CHAMPS, if you couldn't tell, is an acronym because nothing educationally can happen without an acronym for it, right? And each letter stands for a different thing that the kids need to be doing. So C is conversation, H is help, A is activity, M is movement, P is participation, and S I think is success again, remember I told you I didn't read the book. (laughs) I just did it based off what I saw other teachers doing and then what worked in my classroom. So here is how I handled it in my classroom. And inside this free resource, the nine management tips download, I've got a picture of how it worked in my classroom. So basically I just had a cutout on my whiteboard, like the letter cutouts for each of the letters of champs. And All I would do whenever I I would say, okay, you know, here's the activity we're doing. Here's the directions, blah, blah, blah. Okay, your chance, your conversation, the voice level expectation is a, and we would pick one through five based on whatever, or I would pick one through five based on whatever uh, the activity was that they were doing. If you need help, you can raise your hand. Or sometimes if it was in, I was during guided reading or stations or whatever. So I was going to be meeting with small groups to help. I would write C3 before me, literally the letter C, number three, letter B, for me. And that told the students that they, the expectation was to see three other people and ask for help before they came and asked me. The A stands for activity. So I would just write whatever the activity was that we were doing. In this picture that I'm looking at right now, inside the free download, it says poem. So we were doing something with poetry. I would also write sometimes if, if we were doing some project or there was expectation of what I wanted them to do after, so maybe it was like, you're going to work on this poem, and then number two, whenever you're done, this is what you do as your, your follow-up work or um, your sponge activity or whatever it is that you're gonna, you want the kids to do if they finish before time is up. M stood for movement in my classroom and basically that just told the kids because I had a flexible classroom what they could do. They could move around, they could sit. Um, If they needed to go to the bathroom, like I would always put In in this picture, you can see it says checkmark BR, checkmark H2O, which meant you're free to go to the bathroom and get water. You do not need to come ask me. And then P stood for participation. And so that was how many kids they were working with. If it was an independent work, I would just draw a little stick figure of themselves. If it was something they were doing with a group, then I would draw a stick figure times four or times two or whatever. So champs worked out great because It got to the point where I would go over champs in like 30 seconds. I know I just spent like two minutes talking about it, but it was such a quick thing that I would just go, okay, our voice level expectation is, if you need help, you can do this. You are working on this activity. And if you finish, this is the next thing you're gonna do. You're free to go to the bathroom. You're free to get water, but you are staying at your desk and you are working independently. Bam, done. But what I loved about this, and we'll get to this in just a second, is it explicitly gave kids the expectations of what I wanted from them. So there was no excuse for students to be up walking around if they weren't going to the bathroom or they weren't getting water because they knew what the expectation was. Does that mean they always follow the expectation? No, but when you give them these expectations, then there is, they know what they're supposed to be doing. So if they're not doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing, then there's room for discussion on, you know, a redirect or a consequence or whatever. But if you don't tell your kids what you expect them to do, And then you get frustrated because they're getting up and going to the bathroom without your permission, or they're talking to friends when they're supposed to be working independently. They are going to do what is natural to do when you're with people, unless you guide them and give them expectations of what you expect from them. Hey, I want to take a quick break to tell you about Get Your Pretty On. Y'all have heard me talk about Get Your Pretty On and y'all love it. Allison from Get Your Pretty On has a ton of outfit formulas that give you all the pieces that you need to create your perfect outfit. What I love about this and these formulas is that she literally tells you everything you need. The pants, the shirt, the dresses, shoes, bags, belts, accessories, all of that stuff. In fact, I have not really bought clothes in the last couple of years because shopping is a complicated issue for me, but after being cooped up inside wearing the same things for the past what like eight or nine months of covid i decided that it was finally time to spruce up my outfits a bit for the winter just this last weekend i printed off the checklist of items that allison recommends for winter clothes and i went through the list i checked off things that i already owned and i made a list on my phone of the items that i wanted to prioritize buying then i headed out for an afternoon of shopping with my mask of course And in just a couple of hours, I was able to get some new outfits, all based off the items that she recommends in her outfit formulas. Something that I love, actually probably my favorite thing about these formulas is that they come with tons of pictures that show you all the different ways that you can style the clothes that you buy. You can get your own outfit formula by heading to the simplyorganizeteacher.com forward slash G-Y-P-O. She's got formulas for each season, for stay-at-home moms, formulas for workwear, and even some men's outfit formulas. And the newest formula, Winter 2020, is already released and waiting for you to download. Just head to the forward slash G-Y-P-O to get your own outfit formula for the winter. I'm going to read some more from Harry Wong's book, First Days of School, because I really like this analogy that he uses. He says, discipline has very little to do with classroom management. You don't discipline a store, you manage it. The same is true of your classroom. And then he goes on on another page to talk about uh, the characteristics of a well-managed classroom. So you expect a department store to be well-organized. When asked what that means, if you were to ask what that means, what a, an organized department a managed department. sorry, it looks like, it's going to be some of these characteristics. The store's got a nice layout, organization, it's clean. The merchandise and its display, accessibility, availability is all easy to access. And then the help, the management, efficiency, knowledge, and friendliness of the staff there. Same thing goes for a restaurant, an airlines, a doctor's office. He says, in fact, you probably said more than once, if I ran this place, I would do things differently. Well, If you you ran a school or a classroom, which is what you do, how would you run the place? That is what classroom management is. It's the characteristics of a well-managed classroom being well-known to the kids. So I want to hang out there for a second and talk about how organization and management actually go together. I know they seem a little bit counterintuitive or maybe like they aren't super related, but they are, in fact, related. Part of having a well-managed classroom means that you have a clean, organized, and clutter-free classroom, and I talk about this a lot because overstimulation from lots of charts or posters on the wall, piles of paper on counters and boxes, and just piles all over the place, they cause students, well, first of all, they cause me stress, and they cause people stress, but they're going to also cause our students stress, and when our students are stressed, they're going to act out, usually with behavior issues. So students can be a part of the organization process, but it's so important that you have an organization process and system in place for your kids so that they know, again, we're going back to that talk about expectations, they know what the expectations are for where things go or how to return things to their home. It gives them responsibility and ownership in the classroom, and it's also gonna help keep your classroom clutter-free. So when you think of, management, if your management is struggling right now, I want you to think about what does your classroom environment look like? Is it organized or is it cluttered? More often than not, it's going to probably lean toward the cluttered side because when kids come into the classroom and you see the visual clutter, like I said, they're going to act out with behavior issues because of the stress that is communicated in the classroom around them that is why less is always more inside your classroom that's also why inside of the organized teacher framework we go over classroom management before we ever get to organization because yes i like i have a whole blog podcast all on organization because i think classroom organization is so important but inside the course we talk about classroom management before we ever get to organization because they go together they build on each other inside the course i Talk about classroom organization or your classroom being like a cake and they layer on top of each other. You have a tiered cake, right? So the base layer that the classroom sits on is your time management and your self-care. Because if those things are non-existent, then you are not going to be in the healthy mental space to teach Your kids right so you've got that base layer of time management self-care all those things and then we talk about classroom management that's your first tier of your classroom because if you don't have these management things in place you can have an organized classroom but if you don't have management in place your organization isn't really going to make up for that you've got to have that management and then once you have your management plans in place And remember, management is not just behavior management, but also your systems and your routines and the way that your classroom actually works on a day-to-day basis. Once you have those things, then you can get the organization pieces and the like how you're going to store things in your classroom or where you're going to put things or how kids are going to get things out or whatever, then you can focus on that. And then finally, the the top layer of the cake is the decorating. And that's the part that teachers get really excited about. We just want to come in and decorate and make our classrooms look really cute and cozy, which is super important. I'm not discounting that at all. But if we don't have those base layers, especially that classroom management, then organization is going to tumble. And same thing, if you don't have that organization, your management is going to reflect that. So like I said, kids can help you with this. In fact, I encourage that you take the time to get your organization systems in place. So that way you can teach your kids what it is that you want them to do, how you want them to run the classroom. Inside the free resource, I link to a few additional resources on routines that your kids can use to help with organization. So I talk about things that your kids can actually do themselves to keep the classroom organized. And then some things that you might be doing that are hurting your classroom organization. So all of that is inside the free resource. The last tip I want to talk about today is the importance of being explicit in your language when you're giving directions. I always, 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 always want you to be very intentional with the words that you speak to your kids. Don't leave any room for misunderstanding because (laughs) they will take that and they will run with it. So an example that's coming to mind when I was in the classroom of how this played out and I had to learn to be explicit was I would just finish explaining, you know, doing our mini lesson or reading the story or whatever and giving uh, directions about what we were going to do. And I would say, Okay, so we're going to go to our desk and you're going to get out your pencil and blank. And as soon as I said, we're going to go to your desk or we're going to go to our desk or whatever, kids would start moving. And I was like, wait, I'm not done giving the, ex- the direction. Like, you don't know what you're going to do when you get to your desk because you're moving. You're not listening to me. And so you're going to get to your desk and be like, hey, what are we supposed to do now? So I would get really explicit and I would say things like, when I say go, you will go to your desk, get out your pencil, and you're going to take out your math journal. And then <laughs> the kids, like the first couple times, they would start going like as soon as I told them what they were going to do. But sometimes I would sit there and pause for 10 or 15 seconds. When I say go, you're going to go to your desk, get out your pencil and your math journal. And then I would pause. And then I would say go. So this would communicate to students that I wasn't done giving instructions and I still needed their attention but I was also preparing them for a transition of some kind. This is why using something like a champs framework is really helpful because it it gives you the framework it gives your kids the framework of the expectations that you want them to follow. And then it gives you the ability to be really explicit with what it is that you want from them. Because kids, especially the younger ones, and honestly, probably the older ones too, because the older ones are sassy and like know how to take your words and twist them. You want to be super, super explicit in what it is that you're saying. And I just thought of this. So I'm like, (laughs) we're going to jump back to champs for just a second. I didn't think about this until right now. But Champs is obviously like a long list of expectations you can go through. There were years when I would use Mac. So I would just say um, movement, activity, and conversation. So those were like the most important things to me. Um, And I would just go over those you know, here's here's how you can move around the classroom, here's what you're gonna be doing, and here's the conversation. So if Champ seems too much for you, or if you've got really little kids, like kender or preschool or something, and that feels like too much for them, then you can spruce, uh, not spruce it down, you can, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't even know. Take it down to just those three, Mac. And also, I didn't mention the S for success, so sorry about that. I honestly didn't really use success that often because (laughs) I didn't like it. Again, I was not formally trained in champs, so you can't hold me to it. Okay, so back to being explicit. I want to answer a question that I was thinking of when I was preparing for this podcast that a teacher asked me back, I think in the summer, she messaged me about this. And she was basically saying or asking, how do I balance being friendly to the kids and like building that relationship and letting them know that I'm a safe Um, welcoming, comfortable place to come to and also being strict and and holding kids accountable. And I think it's a very fine line to walk. But what I always tell teachers, and this is what my mom, like when I think of things my mom told me before I became a teacher, she didn't tell me a lot, but this is the one thing that she told me. Not that she was even a teacher. This was just like, I guess her parent wisdom. But she always said, it's easier to start out strict and loosen up than it is to start out loose, I don't like the way that sounds, than to start out easy and, and get stricter. And so that was my philosophy going into teaching is I started out the beginning of the school year really strict in the sense that if I said this is what I expected, then I held the kids to it. I followed through with it because I wanted the kids to know that when I give a direction, I am going to hold them accountable as the year progresses, even just a couple months later, you can loosen up a little bit and you can be a little bit more lax with holding kids accountable to the expectations because what I found was that when my kids knew that I was gonna hold them accountable, it built trust between us. They knew that they could trust me because I was gonna follow through with whatever I said. And that is actually what created the relationships that allowed me to build deeper relationships with my kids think about your own friendships right you are going to trust people you're going to be more open and have better friendships with people that you trust with your deepest darkest secrets right it's the same thing with our kids when they know that you are somebody that they can trust that they can count on that you are going to not only hold them accountable but be accountable to them they're going to be more likely to want to maintain that relationship and want to build that relationship with you because there is that trust there So just think about that whenever you are kind of struggling with, okay, I want to be strict, but I also want to create a welcoming space. It's a really fine line that you have to walk, but it's super important that you let your kids know that you are going to hold them accountable to whatever it is that you ask of them. And since it is the middle of the year, I want to encourage you that it's still not too late. It's so important to start this at the beginning of the year, but we are like just a few weeks away from a new literal year, calendar year, you are going to leave your kids for a few weeks. This is a great time to rethink how you want to manage your class for the second semester. And I I talk about this inside the mid-year classroom tune-up lessons, how important it is to, not how important, but how good of a time the second semester is to try new things with your kids because you already have a little bit of that rapport built from the first semester. So you can try new things management-wise in the second semester, with a little bit more ease so that way when the school year starts the following year you can implement these new things so if management isn't going super well right now don't fear you can think over the break how, am I, how do I want to improve these things and then come into the second semester with a really detailed plan and start out strict and have a conversation with your kids okay I want to improve these things start out strict and then implement those new management plans and things that you want to do with your kids. So right now in the middle of the year, when things are getting just a bit crazy, crazier than they already are, the kids are anxious as well as you are to get to the end of the semester, you need a solid management plan in place. If you don't utilize something like CHAMPS, try that. Be sure to make organization a priority in your classroom, clear some of that clutter, and then be explicit in your directions. If you want more help with your classroom management, then be sure to head to the forward slash tips to get that download with all of the, the three that we talked about today plus the other six that I talk about. Also, at the top of the episode, I said I have a few additional resources for you and y'all, I, I have more than a few. Here they are. I'm not gonna share links. I'm just gonna tell you what I talk about in these different things. Uh, because too many links, but if any of these sound particularly interesting to, to you, then just head to the show notes to check it out. So, first up is Simply Teach episode number 11. I discuss the four must have behavior management plans. In Simply Teach number 13, we talk about how to implement your management plans. And then also in episode number 47, I talk about how to handle consequences with your kids. Plus, I've got a lot of interviews with various teachers on this topic. Check out episode number 33 with Linda Cardamus from Teach for the Heart. We talk about classroom management specifically in the secondary classroom. Number 59 is a live coaching session with a teacher uh, during her, I believe it was her second year of teaching, and we talk about her classroom management plans. And then finally, episode number 84, just a few weeks ago, was with Brandy Rosen. In that episode, we talk about organization for SPED teachers, but the last few minutes we talk about students with challenging behavior needs and how you can manage it how you can document it she shares a lot of good tips and then I've also talked a lot about classroom economies in episodes number 36 and 61 you can go and listen about classroom economies as a way to manage your kids as well as teach financial literacy like I said I've got a lot of uh, content all on this topic so head to the show notes for all of the links to these episodes All right, y'all, that is it for me this week. I will be back here next week to share some tips for staying organized during COVID. Plus, the Organized Teacher Framework is gonna be opening up next week. Be sure you are on my email list so you can be notified when that course opens for enrollment, you'll get an email as soon as it's available to join. Everybody who enrolls is of course going to get all the lessons for the course, plus the four additional bonuses that I've included to help you get organized even quicker. And then I'm throwing in an additional bonus for anybody who uh, joins by December 11th. They are going to get the additional five lessons from the mid-year classroom tune-up course. All of these lessons are things that you can do right now in the middle of the school year. All right, you guys, y'all have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. If you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful to have you share it over on social media and tag me at the Simply Organized Teacher. Or you can head to wherever you are listening to this podcast right now and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This episode was edited by the team over at Podcastology. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, classroom organization resources, and all of the courses can be found over on my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Make sure to join my email list and get weekly organization tips straight to your inbox by heading to thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash email. Y'all have a great week.